Hey friend, welcome to the Alive Living Podcast. My name is Sarah Raquel Gauthier, and I'm excited for our journey together. We are all spiritual beings on a spiritual journey, but sometimes we may feel like we're stuck and not fully living. The good news is, is that Jesus came so that you could have life and life abundantly. So let's stop sleepwalking and start living alive one conversation at a time. What is your calling? What is your calling? That's the question that I want us to explore as we begin season two of the Alive Living podcast. The reason I think this is such an important question is because oftentimes we think of calling as a as a goal outside of us that needs to be achieved. We think that calling is what I'm supposed to do, but really calling is not a goal that we achieve, but it's a gift that we received. We are called, but this is an idea of, of something that's like something aspirational or outside of ourselves. No, it's about our being, about who we are. And so this season, my goal for us is that we would engage in this conversation around who we are called to be, who we are equipped to be. And I think that it's so important that we remember that we are equipped already. Right now, in this moment, you are equipped to live this moment. You are equipped to live into who God designed you to be from the beginning of time. You are equipped to do that. It's in your DNA. It's in your design And so what I want to do and spend some time doing in our conversations is really calling out of you who you're already equipped to be. And so we're going to use Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16 as kind of our anchor text for the entire season. So we'll get a good opportunity to dig deeply into this text. And this text is going to illuminate for us three foundational truths about who we're called and who we're equipped to be and how God has designed each and every one of us so that we can live fully and alive in this moment. So let's read the text, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. It's a lot of text, um, but I'm going to read it all for us, and then we'll go back and kind of look at the different parts. But as you're going there in your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, and just to give you some context about the book of Ephesians. So Paul is writing the book of Ephesians um, to, a, to, a, to the church at Ephesus. And this church was a really important church for Paul, the apostle, because this was a church that he spent three years planting, developing, growing up leaders in this church. So this is something that's really personal for him. And when we come to the text of the letter to the church at Ephesus, I think what's important for us to note is that um, the book of Ephesians is really like a foundational text for what it means to be a Christian, who we are as Christians and what do we do as followers of Christ. It's divided into three parts. So chapters one through three really talk about who we are in this new humanity that Christ has invited us to. And then chapters four through six are the practical application pieces about like, what do we do with this? So as we come to Ephesians, it's really like the constitution of the body of Christ. These are the foundational realities about what it means that I have come alive in Christ and that I'm seeking to live life and life abundantly. So let's get to it. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. So Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, 
bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all of the heavens that he may fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. This text um, that we just read is such an important conversation because it not only illustrates the reality that you are equipped and I am equipped and we have in our hardwiring, in our D, all that we need to function in the fullness of who God has designed us to be. But it's also important because when we read that word you, when that walk worthy of the manner walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have received, that you is both a singular you and a plural you. So it's not just about you as the individual and you personally, it's also about us as a collective. But in order to be able to function in the fullness of who we are called to be as a collective, we've got to function in the fullness of who we are called to be personally and individually. And so that's what I hope to call out in us as we walk through this season. And we're going to lay a foundation today of three foundational truths that are going to help you and I begin to function in that fullness. And as it says in the text, to be built up into the head who is Christ. So three foundational truths about who you are. Number one is that you are called. We've talked about this idea of you being called, but this concept of calling comes from the word vocation. And so the, in the Latin, vocation has this root word of a voice, vocation, the voice. So we talk about calling in Ephesians chapters one through six is where we see this predominantly. Um, this idea of vocation shows us that there is a caller and one who is being called. And what we know and believe as followers of Christ is, is that God is doing the calling, is that God is the voice who is calling out to us, and we are the one who are responding to that call. But it's not just God who's calling out to us, it's the God within us 
that's calling out to us. We bear the image of God, all of us, in our beauty and diversity. All of us carry a piece, a reflection of God's image. And so inside of us, there's a voice of God that calls out to us. And so there's God as the caller, but it's also the you inside of you who's calling out to you. And that might sound a little funny, but I'll give you an example. When I was a little kid, um, so I have an older brother. He's two years older, so we're practically twins, and, and we look alike, so it's very confusing to most people. But um, my older brother and I, we used to love to play Legos together and building blocks and stuff like that. One of the things, unfortunately, that I used to do is that when my brother would make his beautiful Lego constructions, I would come and I would knock down all the Lego constructions so that I could build something new. And one of the things that I sense of, about my, my sense of calling and who God calls me and who the me inside of me calls me is a builder. And I think part of my calling as a builder is oftentimes to tear down what exists to build something new. And so you see in the story that I shared about me tearing down my brother's creations, it's not that I didn't love my brother. I absolutely love my brother. But there was something inside of me in my hardwiring, in my DNA, in my, my nature and my nurture that wanted to knock down his creations so that I could build something new. And I think the important thing as we think about this foundational truth that you are called it's, it's something that's already inside of you. And so as you begin to look back and trace the fingerprints of God in your life, you're going to begin to see that that was already in you, that who you are called is already in you. I love this um, quote that Frederick Bruckner gives about calling. And he says, vocation is the place where our deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. Vocation is the place where our deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. As we think about calling, something that just this week that was really resonating for me. So we're going through, we're living through historic times. COVID-19 um, is, is still alive and present. In the United States, we're facing um, the uh, a kind of a fever pitch of racism and racial violence. We're watching people after people who have passed away and have been killed brutally just this year. And this week I was uh, on a conversation we were talking about racism and, and what ought our response be as followers of Christ. Um, but the conversation was in Spanish. And something that I've always struggled with um, is my Spanish language. I understand Spanish. I can write Spanish. I can read Spanish. I can speak Spanish. But it's, it's not my first language. So even though I'm Puerto Rican and I, I grew up with parents who spoke Spanish to me, there was always something about me. I grew up in a context that was predominantly with white people. I grew up in the suburbs of Florida. So, and, and I'm light-skinned, so I pass. My last name is Gautier. So I, I grew up with this, just this tension of trying to recognize reconcile these things. And it's only till recently, in the past few years, where I've really been practicing my Spanish language. But one of the things that I discovered as I was trying to articulate the injustices and the sin of racism in this country is that I have the tools in the language to be able to talk about that in English, but I don't have the tools to be able to talk about it in Spanish. And so for me, somebody who is um, a pastor, somebody who is a leader, somebody who is an attorney, and so I understand the law and the ways that the, the systems are like designed 
There are racist systems that are designed for the results that we're seeing and for the injustices that we're seeing. And I can talk about that so fluently in English, but in Spanish, I was stuttering over my words. I, was, I had the words inside of me, but it was a struggle to get them out. And so I began to reflect on that experience and, and what does it mean that as a Latina, I can clearly communicate words and ideas in English, but I can't communicate them in Spanish. And at this point where the world's deep hunger and deep brokenness is to, is to respond and to figure out a better way forward and a more humane and a more Christ-like way forward and feeling like I'm doing an injustice to mi gente because I can't communicate these truths and these, and these, these biblical truths in, in a language that my people can understand. And so there's this struggle oftentimes with, with calling. I think that there's, there's something inside of us and we feel it and we sense it and we know it to be true. And at the same time, it, it wants to get out. And so calling is something that we always have to continue to come back to. This notion that you are called is not a one-time thing that you figure out by doing a little activity or a little self-reflective activity about vocation and calling. It's something that we continue to come back to because God, the caller, continues to call us and who we are continues to cry out from the inside. So that's the first foundational truth that I wanted to introduce us to today. And then the second foundational truth is this idea that you are equipped I mentioned this early on, but this idea that even in this moment, you are equipped with all that you need in order to live in the fullness of who God has called you to be. And I think about my own story, the fact that Spanish is, is not a language that I am as fluent in, and yet I do have the tools, and I have relationships, and I have friendships, and I have people who can help me with those tools, but it's inside of me already. The language and the clarity and the word that God has given me and the capacity to go to law school and to have had that experience, the capacity to be a pastor, um, the capacity to do these things, I am already equipped to be able to communicate in a language that God wants me to communicate. And it's going to take practice and it takes skill and it takes all those things. But that, that hardwiring, I'm already equipped to do that. So it's just activating what we're equipped with. And I love this in verse 7. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul writes, But grace was given to each one of you according to the measure of Christ's gift. A key word that I want us to lean into, and you can underline it in your Bibles or circle it or make a note, but is this idea of given, give. Because Paul mentions it again in Verse 11. So if you go down a little bit further, chapter 4, verse 11, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. He gave, given. The word given that Paul uses there is an, an action verb, but it's an action verb that was active in the past, so when God gave the gifts, and it's active in the present. It's active in the past, but its ripple effects still have an impact in the future. So when we say that you are equipped and we are equipped, what we're saying is that God has given us something in the past already that is still active for our future in this moment. And he says that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. These five different people gifts, apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers, um, I missed one, evangelists, um, 
That's funny that I missed that one because evangelist is one of the hardest pieces for me. But when you think about these five different people gifts that are mentioned here, these gifts are gifts that were given to the early church that Paul is speaking to in this moment, and they're still given to the body of Christ today. And we're going to continue to explore these five different gifts as we think about this idea of being equipped and being called. Because and what's important for us to understand is that these five gifts were given as a unit all five of them given to the body of Christ so that the working in these gifts and, and equi by equipping the body of Christ and the collective of the church with these gifts, they could function into the fullness of Christ who is the head of the body. So these five gifts are a unit and they are the inheritance that Christ gives us when he ascended on high to sit at the throne of God. He ascended, but he didn't leave us without gifts. He gave us these gifts so that we could be equipped to function in the fullness of who God has called us to be. So that's a second foundational truth, that you are equipped. Now, the third one and final one that we'll talk about for today, that what we'll continue to explore these, is that you are a gift. You are a gift. God has called you. God has equipped you. But he has not done those things just for you to hoard them and keep them to yourselves. No, God has made it so that you and I could be a gift to the people and the places and the spaces where he has given us influence, where he has given us agency, where he has invited us to collaborate with him in bringing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. You are a gift. And I love this idea it talks about it's the gifts are given for the equipping. These are people gifts, but so that when the whole body is working together, it can properly function. It's how this, the, the whole section ends in verse uh, 16. It says, so when each part is working together, so when each of these five gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher are all working together, then the whole body builds itself up in love. You are a gift. And our response to these grace gifts that God has given us is that we would be a gift to other people, that we have been blessed to be a blessing, that out of the abundance of how God has provided for us, we would provide for other people and we would be the answer to people's needs, that we would be the solution to the very real needs that people have in our moment and that you get to be that response. You are a gift. So when we mature in Christ and as we grow up in Christ, we begin to see that I'm not given this gift just for myself. No, I have been placed in a moment in history and time in a context and a culture among a group of friends in a family with coworkers. I have been placed for such a time as this to be a gift to others. These three foundational truths that you're called, that you're equipped, and that you are a gift are the three truths that we'll explore throughout season two. And I want to invite you to continue to think about that question of who are you called? Who are you called? And it's not necessarily going to look like, oh, I'm an apostle, I'm not a prophet, I'm a teacher. Like these people gifts are helpful and they're going to give us important frameworks to begin to do some of that work of self-discovery. But as I mentioned in the beginning, I really identify with being a builder, with building up people to live alive. And 
I think that's important even in these times and even as I'm thinking about um, the situation that happened to me where I couldn't articulate in Spanish what I can so easily and so, and not easily because it's a hard topic, but what I can so fluently talk about in English. But as I was wrestling with, okay, wh what, what do I need to do and what are the next steps that I need to take to move forward? I think what was so grounding for me was thinking about, okay, but Sarah, you are, who you are called is builder and what you are called to do is build people up. And so what does it look like to take this, this situation that you're in and that you sense yourself in where you want to be able to share and you want to be able to build up? What does that look like in this moment? But how do I apply this idea that God has called me builder and that God has invited me to flow in the kingdom purpose of building people up to live alive? How does that play out in this moment, in this time? and with this struggle of trying to stumble over my, my Spanish language. My, my hope is, is that by the end of this season, you too will have a better sense of who God calls you and what your kingdom purpose is and how you can begin to flow in that kingdom purpose because you're called, you're equipped, and you're a gift. I want to pray for us and, and just bless us and close out this time together. But looking forward to joining the conversation with you and looking forward for you to bring other people along in this conversation. As I mentioned, that you that Paul talks about and throughout the entire New Testament is both a singular you and a plural you. So who are the people in your life who you want to bring on this journey together so that by one conversation at a time, we can build one another up to live alive? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much because you have chosen to place us in this moment of history for such a time as this. And God, we thank you because from the beginning of time, even before we were in our mother's womb, you already called us, you already equipped us, and you already made us a gift to the moment that we would exist in. And so I pray, God, for every person who is joining the journey together, that as we go on this journey, God, that you would reveal to us and unveil to us who you call us, who you have equipped us to be, and the way that you want us to be a gift to those around us. We pray even from now for the family members and the friends and, and the the peers and the colleagues and the sports teams and the people that we coach and the people that we influence, that God, you would allow us to be a gift, but that first we would do the, the work of self-discovery, the work of reflecting and really beginning to reconcile in ourselves who we're called, who you call us, how we are equipped and the gift that you're inviting us to be at this moment in time. So we love you, Lord, and we pray these things in your awesome name. Amen. Hey friend, thanks for being a part of the conversation today. Before you go, I wanna invite you to do two easy things. Number one, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That way you won't miss a moment of the journey. Second thing, share this podcast with a friend. Let's continue to build one another up to live alive one conversation at a time. <laughs>